2: Surprise to everyone who may not know, this is Betsy Hicks, and it feels wonderful to be back. And I'm sure Terry is enjoying her week off. If you're a regular listener of Terry, my style is quite different and on very different topics. But I think she's already recruited me for a February show as well. So I join you today. And really appreciate all the emails and calls I've gotten asking me to come back to radio. I have done the show for three years prior to Terry, and I, I miss you all a lot. I have been a very busy girl, and some of what's been happening, I'm going to share with you today. But I'm excited to share with you all that I have organized this retreat in with my favorite speakers. Um, it's going to be taking place January 29th to February 1st in Delavan, Wisconsin. At a beautiful indoor resort, and more about that much later. But in the meantime, since you are on your computer, if you want to visit the What Conference website, you can go to elementalsliving.com, e-l-e-m-e-n-t-a-l-s living.com. So today is about the law of attraction and letting go. The basic message of the law of attraction is. Whatever you think about, you get, whether you want it or not. If you look at lack, you get lack. If you look at joy, you get joy. But what if what you want is for someone to change? What if what you are trying to attract is a life without autism for your child? For the past 13 years, as a mother of a child with autism who is now 15, I can barely believe it, I'd like to share with you some powerful lessons in how using the law of attraction and allowing that with my son was the gateway to joy. So at age two, my son was diagnosed with extremely severe autism. Not a day went by when every hour of every day didn't incorporate some type of research, therapy, or simple prayer. Autism consumed my life, and honestly, it was pretty hard to ignore. When your child screams all hours, except for the few that he sleeps, it's hard to think about anything else. I've always been a doer, the kind of person who gets or is given an idea and has to act on it right away. And my son's early days were the days of people getting Internet and support groups just starting to form. My son is pretty much one of the oldest on the end of the spectrum. This is the days before Google with a household world and my days were spent reading, researching, forming support groups and going from doctor to doctor to doctor and therapist to therapist spending every dollar I had and then some and giving my other children the best possible life I could and leaving nothing left to me but occasional therapy sessions to stay above water. It was a Really difficult time of my life, and my son's improvements were mere baby steps to where I wanted to be. So I met my now husband, Dr. John Hicks, at a DAN conference in the year 2000, and I worked as a diet counselor at his office, his pediatric office, for a year before eventually, and kind of simultaneously deciding to open up a pediatric autism clinic and falling in love at the same time. We have been inseparable ever since. Those early days as John was kind of learning what it is to live with someone who has severe autism rather than just treating it was astounding to him. The sadness of Joey and myself really encompassed the relationship that I had with my son. I spoiled Joey in every way I could. How could I not? He suffered so much that he so much as whimpered, and I offered him three things to appease him. I made him every food creation in my imagination, and he was intolerant to about 50 foods, so that was no easy matter. I hired as many therapists as I could find in my area, and I spent every penny I had on his care. So why did he still have autism? Why were my husband's patients losing their diagnoses left and right, and they were thriving When my son only made small progress, he was getting the best of everything. It just didn't make sense. So Joey continued to improve over the years, but nothing monumental. He still had little speech, and he tantrumed a lot. I hated reading about cures. I stopped going to conferences where people talked about how they gave their child one thing, and it all went away. Joey's system was so fragile. When John first started working with Joey, he, Joey couldn't take one vitamin. There, he couldn't handle it. Um, everything made him scream. But after working with John for about two to three years, he was able to take many vitamins. And the focus was really placed on helping his body process and release. And at least he started to thrive and to grow I shouldn't say we saw very little because compared to where we started, he was doing much better, but I really wanted more. He was so smart. I knew he cognitively understood quite a bit, but why was he still so withdrawn? Well, as John and I became more and more holistic in our beliefs, we were introduced to the law of attraction about four years ago through the teaching of Abraham and Esther and Jerry Hicks's books. Um, By the way, I know my last name is Hicks. We are not related in any way, although that would be really nice as it would save me a lot of money on books and tapes. But we're not. And if you want to learn more about the teachings of Abraham and Esther and Jerry Hicks, um, their website is abraham-hicks.com. So we started to learn that we could have whatever we thought about okay, you know, a lot of people are learning this through the secret, but this is something that was new to me. So certainly I thought, I'll just think about Joey without autism, and that's what I'll get. And that was my focus for years to follow. However, there was one little glitch that I guess I hadn't read or picked up upon those years ago, and all of this is that you really can't use the law of attraction to change someone else. It only works on raising your own vibration and aligning yourself with your desires. So how could I teach Joey to want to leave autism? So about three years ago, I started working with and meeting some wonderful healers of all different types of modalities, from hands-on work to psychics, everything I could think of. And the first question I would always ask was about Joey. And... Working with one particular energy psychologist, and actually she was on my show about a year ago, and all of the archives for my shows um, are available, I think, still through Voice America, but my uh, my office website is pathwaysmed.com, P-A-T-H-W-A-Y-S-M-E-D.com. So I started working with Lydia Vanderbrook. She's a Ph.D. She's an energy psychologist. She studied directly with Carolyn Mace. She's an amazing person. And I just met her, and she said something to me that haunted me for years. She said in a very um, Belgium accent, Betsy, you need to accept Joey with grace. Well, what did that mean? I thought I'll never accept him if you know I don't dream big, he won't recover. I had to focus on autism, and that is what I had to do, and i nobody was going to tell me otherwise. So I was convinced that my job in this lifetime was to heal my son. I remember my first reading with my now friend Debbie Brown, and Debbie is a wonderful, intuitive and um just. A, Inspirational speaker. She's going to be joining us in a little bit and Debbie um, is going to be talking a lot about releasing um, anger and uh, old patterns. So I did my first reading with Debbie Brown. I just met her and I wanted her to tap into Joey and to tell me what he's thinking. Well, (laughs) she said without knowing anything about me, she said he wants more snacks. Now, anybody who knows me will laugh at that because they know how diet obsessive I am. But all of these light workers would tell me the same thing. Debbie, Lydia, Dan, Mana, one after the other, I kept meeting these and they would all tell me the same thing about Joey. Joey doesn't want to leave autism. You know, it just, it just boggled my mind what what you know I just didn't get it of course he does how could anyone not want to communicate so my patient and saint of a husband would just (laughs) smile and nod he he agreed with all of them but his reasonings were completely unconvincing to me until one summer day it was a perfect and warm summer day and we have a pool at our home with lots of land to play on. Joey has a swing and a hammock and many toys, and John and I were cutting down trees and carrying in the wood in preparation for the winter. I was sweaty and tired and looked over at Joey. (laughs) There he was, lying on the hammock, swinging away in his swimsuit. He was laughing at me. I could almost hear him say, Hi, Mom. I'll stay over here and play the autism card while you slip the wood, and when you're done, could you make me something to eat because I really don't like the last thing you made me, and I'm pretty sure you can do better. And, oh, by the way, you may be tired after this long day at work, but I think I'll want to go rollerblading tonight, so plan on leaving after dinner. Was I angry? Of course not. You know, he really didn't say that, but I could feel him saying that, but... I was still the one allowing his perfect world to exist. Why on earth would he want to leave it? We have to take a break. I will compose myself because I can get through this radio show. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we get back. I'd like to share with you the amazing turnaround that happened in my life after that. We're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back.
0: A fresh look at today's health. a fresh look at today's health voice america health and wellness
4: Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern day renaissance man, Ori Hoffmechler, dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within. Your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within. Broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Oranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now, back to the program. Here's Terry.
2: Yes, and it's not Terry, it is Betsy. And if you're just tuning in right now, please know that I'm filling in for Terry Oranga so she can have a nice week off and I could come back here to talk about my newest excitement in my life, which is this conference that I have put together um, that you can look about if you're on your inter- on the Internet right now at elementalsliving.com. So I've been telling the story, if you're just joining us now, about my son and kind of the background of using the law of attraction in my life and what kind of brought me to that point. And uh, I've been telling it with, uh, you know, the, the tears that occasionally stream down my cheek and my gratitude that this is radio and not television but uh yet uh, I th- I think I can make it for the rest so as we continue on I wanted to just talked about how I had this moment where Joey I really realized why Joey didn't want to leave the autism so basically at this point I did some energy work with another amazing woman, and her name, she's from Ireland, actually. Her name is Kate Connan. And in my session with her, in a kind of hypnotic way, I was taken back to this time when I saw Joey as a little boy on the rocking chair that he lived on as a child, consistently rocking. And what I saw in my hypnotic state was Joey crying in a deep, deep sadness, and it overwhelmed me as... The return of that pain, pain that I would feel at those times just came flooding back into my body. But Then I saw something that changed my world. I saw Joey rise above the chair and into the arms of Jesus. And he was laughing and laughing in this perfect divine purpose. I then saw him go back into his body and then up again and laughing. And then he was going back and forth, back and forth, just to show me what this connection was about. Joey was not his body. Joey was not his autism body. He was the laughing child's soul who knew exactly what his role is. Joey has a purpose, and Joey had a purpose for autism. And after that experience, I really started to calm down my constant need to please him, as, as if my guilt had subsided Give him love, of course, of course, but expecting more from him. And that began with picking up his toys and unsetting his plate and hanging up his stuff and dressing himself and progressing as much as he could. And honestly, he really didn't put up much of a fight. I then canceled home therapy. I was really financially stressing the family, and instead I started to use the money to do more fun things, such as family vacations, which Joey loved. I became stricter on his diet in the way that he wasn't going to be offered any other choice than what I made for the rest of the family for dinner, as long as, of course, it was in his allergy restrictions. I expected more, and he delivered, and I was no longer resentful. His sisters seemed to connect more with him, too. They were happier, and you know, cause all of the limitations that he had put on the family were so strong. But now, without those limitations, the girls connected more. He liked his boundaries. I started to stop focusing on autism as well. That's when I stopped doing this show, the show, the show that Terry's doing for you now. I stopped hosting the show because I didn't want to read or learn anything else about autism anymore. Of course, John had to stay informed for his patients, but I really stayed clear. I continued to work on Joey's school program and helping him with his education, but not stressfully. I then opened my own health food store. I focused more on my career. I had fun with it. I was making more friends, socializing more, becoming closer to my daughters. Joey never seemed to stop smiling through it all. We started going to concerts and plays, and he sat perfectly with joy. It was... September of this year that I decided to attend a woman's retreat, something that I never would have considered. If I wasn't giving to my, myself fully to Joey, it was to my daughters. And if I wasn't giving myself fully to my daughters, it was my husband. And I was always last. And I became close with this new friend, Becky, who really wanted to go to this retreat. And we attended this retreat in Sedona given by Debbie Brown, who's going to be speaking shortly. Now, I should begin by saying that I adore my husband. I love every moment I spend with him, and we have a wonderful life together. But there is something about girlfriends that brings out the giggles in all of us. And I would guess the same is true for guys with guy friends, although I don't think they giggle as much. (laughs) So after four nights of laughing so hard that my stomach hurt, I was in Debbie's closing ceremony and started to cry. Why? Because I realized that during this whole retreat where we had opened up our souls and spoke of our deepest dreams, that other than my friend Becky and Debbie, no one at this retreat knew that I had a son with autism. Now, you need to understand that I used to start every relation with something like, Hi, my name is Betsy, and I have a son with autism. Everyone knew me as a mom with an autistic boy, and here I had opened up my dreams, my goals, and not once did I feel the need to talk about autism. I had let go, and I had accepted with grace. I finally understood what Lydia was trying to say. So over the next few months, the progress of Joey was amazing. Um, although still verbally uncooperative, he began to lo- lose his food intolerances. First gluten, then dairy, then pork, then honey, and the list goes on and on and on. No one ever doubted Joey had issues with food. There wasn't a therapist or teacher who had an accidentally fed him the wrong thing, followed by listening to him scream for two hours. But one by one, Joey was manifesting more snacks. I couldn't do it for him. I couldn't create the desire, but he did when I let go. Within three months, he went from 50 food intolerances to nothing. Nothing. He can eat anything now. And the most amazing experience was apple picking with him The previous year when he couldn't even eat apples, and this year he was eating apples with caramel and peanuts, all previously off-limits. Now, it would be wrong to say that my letting go was the only thing we did. I had spent years working on healing his gut, and I also started giving him cultured vegetables, which I am sure contributed to it strongly. However, the drive to give him those cultured vegetables came through the art of allowing solutions to come to us instead of beating the drum of what we can't do. That's what those who practice the law of attraction called inspired action. So my message to all of you today comes from a deep place of love and acceptance for where you are. I created this conference at Lake Lawn Resort in Delavan, Wisconsin uh, to give you the tools to begin with. I don't know who's listening today I don't know your story I don't know your pain and your dreams but I can promise you this autism is a lesson it's very hard to see the lesson when you hear the screaming please envision the laughter remember the purpose don't we all simply want joy for our children why must parents strive for normalcy above joy don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying stop all therapy, stop all biomedical interventions, stop diets. I would never give that advice. All of those have a strong role in teaching, teaching you and teaching you how to open up to the possibility of. So, let's talk about the difference of inspired action as opposed to the guilt action we put ourselves through. Now, Guilt action came a lot to me through reading things on the Internet. It's kind of like you're reading along, you hear how someone cured her son with this new expensive treatment and how if she really loves her son, she will get a second mortgage on her home and do what might cure him, but she's so convinced that it will cure because they told her it would. And when she talks to people about it, she feels scared, not comfortable with the organization, but she's only feeling like a good mother when she is sacrificing, so she better do this inspired action goes something like this you know i strangely was given a card of a doctor last month and it was so weird because i was just been just thinking wow i would love someone to help me manage my son's care and then i called the office and they happened to have an opening the day my son didn't have school and i met him and he was so kind and what he said made sense to me and my budget i told him you know my budget at this time in my life is kind of limited and he didn't force anything on me and he said let's just start with a couple of things and felt good and my son's feeling better already and the doctor had a few diet suggestions and i found out my neighbor is on the same diet and she offered to help me and he's taking to it reluctantly but i feel good about where it's going that's how it works and so what you need to ask your question is are you moving upstream or downstream do you have to paddle are you are you are Are you feeling like you have to paddle upstream all the time? Because you don't have to when you're allowing joy in your life. Just kind of let the current take you down the stream. And when you're questioning, is this something I should do for my child? Ask yourself, is it an upstream thought or downstream? When you meet resistance, you are paddling upstream. And when it feels good and flows, you are moving downstream. So what is this conference all about? Well, it's about letting go and creating balance. And it was very strongly told to me through my inspiration that I needed to put this together, especially for parents of children with autism. It's for everybody. It's for those that are older and trying to find their way. It is those for younger and just trying to make sense of this world. It is for everyone. Autism, not autism. Having children, not having children. But you can get more information about it on the website, which is www.elementalsliving.com. Elementals, with an S, living.com. The dates are January 29th to February 1st, 2009, and if you register today, which is the last day of the early bird discount, you qualify for $50 off, making the total price just $245 for this three-full-day conference, including organic lunches on both Friday and Saturday. So if you'd like to call for the information, you can call us here at 262- 262-740-3000 extension 19 that's 262-740-3000 extension 19 and my next guest is going to be debbie brown and debbie is going to be speaking to us a little bit today about releasing fear debbie are you there
0: Uh,
2: well we're going to be taking a break in about a minute here but I'm excited to um, have you talk a little bit about Debbie has been giving has given many, many retreats, and she's an expert at helping people to let go. She's been one of my favorite people to work with over the year. And then after we speak with Debbie, uh, we're going to have my husband, Dr. John Hicks, on who has been intently studying the law of attraction for the past four years and uh, is much better at explaining things than I am, so I'm looking forward to having him on as well. So we're going to take a quick break. Debbie, and I know you'll be joining us in a very short time. Um, Everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back.
5: Thank you.
1: Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley right here on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry.
2: Yes, it's not Terry. <laughs> I told you each time after break. This is Betsy Hicks and I'm filling in for Terry this week and we've been talking about the Letting Go Creating Balance conference that is going to be going on in Delavan, Wisconsin on January 29th through February 1st and if you'd like to follow along, the website for that is elementals with an S, elementalsliving.com. Uh, you can learn more about the conference there. But right now we've been talking about letting go and what it means to attract abundance in our life and happiness into our life. And in that process of doing that uh, and attracting those that happiness and joy, so much of what we need to do is to let go. Debbie, can you talk a little bit about what letting go means to you?
5: Sure. Um, I'd be happy to. Um, letting go is about uh, releasing. It's about changing many times our thinking or our beliefs, and it's um, it's truly a personal journey that we're called to. So indiv- you know whatever the individual s- situation is, um, it's going to call us on our internal journey. Um, to to uh to a place where there is something that we that we have to release that we have to let go of and how how
2: how is somebody able to like pinpoint and know exactly what it is because so many times we kind of live in this place of fear and anxiety, but if someone were to ask us you or just say to us, you need to let go like of what of w- what <laughs> is it and sometimes there's so many things we need to let go of where do we know to begin
5: sure um well maybe I can just. Share a personal story about right. letting go um, and, and this is about having uh, post traumatic stress syndrome over a car accident that happened, which I'm sure many of us have experienced in different ways but but um, so then, when we have to drive again, which I had to drive after this uh, horrifying right. accident, I was petrified. I would be driving along, I would be shaking, I would be thinking um, not positive thoughts for sure. And so um, many times we have to rein ourselves back into what is reality? What is the, the you know the reality of the situation? So for myself, I just had an affirmation that would instantly bring me back to truth and peace. And that was, you know, um, I would do a denial. This thought has no power over me, you know, that I'm going to be in this accident, that something horrifying is going to happen, right. uh, has no power over me. And then it would be, the truth is, right now, we are safe we are all driving divinely um, guided, we are safe, you know, the truth is, because that's the truth. So oftentimes our fears are an internal um, experience, but not related at all to that outer reality. Yeah. So we see that in anxiety and, you know, obsessive compulsive uh, thinking or behavior, et cetera.
2: So I'm trying to think of, what are some of the fears that parents, especially with children with autism, are holding on to? Mm. And and two of the ones that come to my mind: number one is um, watching their child either get teased or not accepted in society. And another one, um, goodness knows, I should have the fear of my child running or running off because it's happened to me about more times than I'd like to admit. Um, there's also that fear that what's going to happen after I die? Who's going to take care of my child? Mm-hmm. So, so pick one of those and give us some ideas as to how we can help. We can work to release those fears.
5: Well, the last one that you said, "What's going to happen to Joey?" You know, if I'm not here to care for him, um, kind of speaks to my heart, and and. Um, you know, in that situation, it's like, well, of course you need to uh, make plans <laughs> you need to have right. a plan right. in place and have caretakers and have that because that brings you you know peace of mind. but the truth is you don't have any control then, or let's say you have when you are dead, there's a different relationship, and that's one in spirit so so um, but but you you won't be able to to be there um, to guide or to protect or or in whatever way, and that is a letting go. That is totally a letting go and trusting. As you were saying, Joey has his own divine plan. He's here by divine design, and he's in one sense from the spiritual world, as you were saying, he's perfect. He's, yes. he's really perfect, and, and, um, and all is well. And so when we bring ourselves back into the bigger truth, um, I would say this is more related to our spirit, then our rational mind. Our rational mind, you know, tends to make judgments and have all the fear, worry, concern. But when we connect with our heart or with our spirit or our soul or that bigger realm of life, that's where we experience peace and, um, you know, that's where we find our our comfort in that sense of inner peace and we know that um, in truth all is well. And what a, an amazing feeling that is to
2: feel that all is well. And, and. Speak to us a little bit about, as as you are someone who is extremely intuitive, um, what are our kids saying? What are our kids thinking? Not just I know you know Joey so well, but in general, these kids who cannot verbalize, what are they wanting their parents to um, to do for them?
5: Mm, well, that's a really good question. Um, I would just like to reassure. And in, in most of my uh, readings, it's been amazing. Most mothers are so intuitively tuned into their child that they are receiving the information that their child is communicating. So when you shared that story about Joey, when you looked over on the hammock, <laughs> <Right>. it, <laughs> these, it was and that was, that's how simple it is. Those yeah. words that you were feeling, yeah. um, yes, and so my my sense for one reading that I'm re- recalling is this woman was concerned about moving her daughter but she was feeling really that she you know to move her to a different school and of course that creates all sorts of uh new things you know are are a difficult transition <laughs> but right. um it was totally exactly what the daughter wanted it was totally what she was communicating and and so most parents i think are very much tuned in and um Without the language, it's that we we tune in on a feeling level or a picture level or a knowing level or a sensing level. We just sense. Um, parents have an incredible intuitive sense about what might be the best thing for their child, even if it doesn't make logical sense. Now, Debbie, so
2: much of it to me seems like this kind of catch-22 circular pattern where what I was picking up on Joey intuitively was this extreme anxiety and I need this and I want this and I want this. But I was creating that. I mean, yes, I was possibly picking that up through intuition, but it was because I was hovering over him. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you want? I want this and I want this. I want this And it's like it it wasn't until I was like, Okay, you know what? If you want something get it yourself Mm -hmm. in the analogy of life was when he's like, yeah, I think I'll get around to that eventually. So mm-hmm. it does, when, when parents are getting this overabundance of messages from their child, maybe they're giving an overabundance of questions
5: to their child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it becomes that sense of hype, hyperness because you're not getting the feedback that might be so helpful or you just know there's one other thing or one other way and there's, there's kind of a, a hyper um, you know reactivity. But I think you speak to a very important piece Because this is really a stage of manifestation that you're talking about, that that um, no matter what the situation, that's very necessary. So even it's a stage of prayer. So here we do all this work. You learned everything, you did everything, and then we have to let it go. We have to walk away from it. And then that's when change happens. That's when transformation can happen. That's when the, um, the the change, if we are sitting there hanging on, it's just like a closed fist you've done this and you're hanging on. then nothing can happen. You have to let it go and trust and
1: leave it alone,
5: and then poof, all the miracles happen. Because everything that you did laid the groundwork. It was so important, not only for Joey, but for your own learning. And then he was ready to make a shift and a change. And that you have to let happen. That's life working through Joey. That's not something that you can control Right, right. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's it just continues to change
2: around John. I know we're going to go to break in about four about three minutes, but is there anything based on what Debbie's saying that you want to comment on?
6: Well, I, I think it really is that piece of knowing. Number one, that spiritually there is a connection, and that yes, they are telling you things, and you are. Uh, picking up things mhm being open to listen and receive and I but think but that's
2: what if what if you are so yeah i I guess that's what being open to is a thing that that's that's the how do you how, my my question is how do you get people to start letting go of this so I still feel like
6: I, I you know well, it, you, it, you have to first understand that. You know, she's talking about manifestation, and manifestation comes from what you're focusing on and thinking about. Right. So if you are focusing on the lack of something or a problem, you're manifesting more of the problem. Mm-hmm. So you have to start to shift how you're thinking.
2: So, Debbie, would you say, too, that that would be the best place to start is just to start visualizing or just, just, just letting go of, or just seeing things differently, or?
5: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they say worry is negative visualization, that's all, and so, yes, to begin to, to, um, whatever it is through affirmation, begin to shift that, so whenever we're, we're worried, we're actually sending, in a sense, a negative energy, or a negative picture about our loved one, and so, when we begin to understand that, then we can shift it, and begin to to move to the positive what is the positive positive? and I'll, sometimes I hear people say well you know affirmations that's just pretending but it isn't it isn't pretending it's really calling back calling yourself back into the truth okay um, and I think all of these things I like to call them sacred acts of power because I, I think you know like whenever we're willing to shift anything Change uh, you know our thinking our belief to begin to practice something new or move away from being a victim or or develop a, a state of the witness consciousness you know where we're an observer instead of a participant in our emotional um, nature you know whenever we're doing anything to heal ourselves or another they're all just so beautiful sacred acts of power and we're calling ourselves back to into the truth and the power that we have within us which is to to manifest um, incredibly we, we do have incredible manifesting I'm starting and then we're responsible for it we're, yeah. you know, we're taking ownership and being responsible for it and and so to me it's just such a beautiful um, sacred act of power
2: well thank you Debbie we have to take a break right now when we get back John let's talk a little bit more about that law of attraction we've been bringing up over and over again thank you Debbie for joining us today and we'll be right back
5: oh thank you so much <laughs> Okay,
0: Debbie. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness.
5: Wake up, Jack. He'll get you out of to your head.
4: JackLelaine.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLaine and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lane to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Oranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry.
2: You are back with Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Oranga today. She will be back next week, and today we've been talking about letting go and creating balance through the law of attraction. Um, The website for the conference that we've been talking about is elementalsliving.com. You can also call for more information on this conference at 262-740-3000, extension 19. And right now I have Dr. John Hicks, who is no relation to Jerry and Esther Hicks, although as I said earlier, it would be come in handy and would save us a lot of money on books if we were related. <laughs> but, but uh um and and but I know how intently you have been studying the law of attraction for the last few years, especially within this last year. It's really how you are running your entire life in, in practice. But um I'd like to talk a little bit about The responsibility piece, in that I felt as a parent of a child with autism that if I did not have, if I was not constantly thinking about Joey first, I wasn't being responsible. And it wasn't until I started creating my own joy that Joey really experienced
6: his pure joy. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's it's coming around to who you really are. And we are these creators, and we do create what we live. And kids are creators. And a lot of these kids have come for reasons, part of their agreement, and they are here as teachers. They're not here as somebody who's inferior. My feeling is a lot of them are very superior because they are more spiritually connected than we are. Right. So they have come as teachers, and they bring gifts. And you look at families of what happens in those families from these kids, how many members of the family are touched. A lot of the families get better because of the child and what they learn from the child.
2: You know, it's funny, John, I'm sure you remember this well, but uh for Christmas I gave the family their conversation starter questions and it's this right. little box of, of questions in there and they're they're meant to get more communication going on in your family. As, as if poor John living with three girls has has any problem listening to them talk. But this this got us talking even more one day and one of the questions was if you could go back in time for a week, um what would you, Backwards or forwards? Backwards or forwards, what would you do? And my first impulse was to say, oh, I'd go back to when Joey got his seven immunizations in a day and got so sick and we just kind of like lost him at six months. And at first that's the first thing that popped into my head, and then it was just like, whoa, no way. No way would I go back to that because that would take away all of this contrast an amazing joy that is created from this little boy who certainly introduced me to you John and then and then uh, brought me to this world of helping people through autism and changed the way that John does medicine and had us develop our clinic and and then went from autism to working with chronic illnesses and now autism is just a small speck of what you do, John, but but the the point of it being is that it all started from autism and and the girls and how tremendously sympathetic they are and kind and then this love I have with my son and how happy he is and how joyful he is and it's like would I go back and erase that in order to give him normalcy? And my answer would strongly be no.
6: Because and, what is normalcy? <laughs> what is it we're striving for? I mean, and I think that's a lot of the disconnect that people have. It's it's our perspective of what we think is normal. And why is it normal? Normal because everybody does it. Does that make it good. Does that make it creating joy in your life? And I, it really comes down to what are the things that bring you joy. Yeah. Live your life that way. Things start to change. It is. It's going back, getting those sacred pieces and putting them together. Collecting who you really are and then stepping out in that. And that is your basis for creation. Not, you know, what everybody thinks.
2: So, John, can you give everybody a couple steps of really simple things they could do to start changing their thought patterns right now?
6: Well, I I think one of the basic things is. If you start to think something and you feel bad, then change that thought a little bit so it feels a little better. Okay,
2: and a lot of it's like that whole random thing that kind of that random streaming. So, so for example, um, uh, you see your child crying and you think, wow, this is really, really depressing. But, you know, if you go oh. through those thoughts of like, oh, they're, um, I must be doing something wrong or she must be in pain, or, th- those are all upstream thoughts.
6: Right. As opposed to... Nothing that's making you feel good about that. Right. So then As, ask, well, could there be something else?
2: It's like, yeah, could there be something else? You know, maybe... Could they
6: be telling me something?
2: right because remember john for how many years every single time joey cried i thought it was because of his food i mean every time he cried i'd be like he must have gotten something there's got to be something wrong with the food i must not have done this right or da 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 and i'd just go on and on and on as opposed to wow he's crying but you know what he's also going through some major hormonal changes right now and maybe he's having just kind of like a pms breakdown the way that a woman would have a pms breakdown he's probably just Thinking, you know, maybe some sad thoughts and maybe it's the fact that I've been kind of depressed all day and maybe he's picking up on the fact that I've been depressed so he's feeling depressed and maybe that's why he's crying or,
6: you know, maybe- yeah, he's, he's just having a bad day.
2: Right, maybe he's just having he's a bad mad. day and, or, and I don't need to figure it out now. I don't need to know right at the second what it is. I can
5: right. certainly
2: let him know I love him, go and give him a hug, but it doesn't have to be solved right now. That's where the parents need to release this. this. It has to be figured out right now. It doesn't. Don't worry about time. It, it matters not in the least. You need to do what feels good to you right now because that's ultimately what feels good to them right now. And there is therapy can be fun and wonderful, but when it's grueling and uh, uncomfortable and nobody is enjoying the process, then that's when it's time to go a different direction, a different type of therapy perhaps, something that would add a little bit more joy to his day instead of something that he's regretting to
6: have to go to. Right. It becomes drudgery.
2: Why are we taught this, John, that... We have to work, work, work so hard in order to have what we want as opposed to allowing.
6: That's sort of the general wisdom, if you will, that's out there. If you don't work hard, you're not going to be successful. You've got to prove yourself. No pain, no gain. I mean, you go over and over and over and look at what we've been taught. Well, just because you've been taught that doesn't make it right. And a lot of people believe things that aren't true. I mean, for years it was thought the earth was flat. Well, it's not flat. But people believed that, and people who didn't believe it were persecuted and killed for that. So just because they believed it was flat, it did not make it flat. Right. Well, that's coming into the whole truth piece and looking for what is truth.
2: And, and, and John, this brings up a big point because we only have a couple minutes left. and, And that whole what is truth releasing this anger, actually we have one minute left, releasing this anger. Those of you who are fighting fighting the companies, fighting the medicine, don't look at it as a fight. Look at it as an education. Because when you put that word fight into the equation, you make it a fight. But if you put it into as as an educational, maybe we're trying to teach them a little bit. We're trying to uh, inform Congress of what's happening, not fight because that adds negativity to the whole piece
6: of it. And it just gives it more force. So it becomes more powerful. When you fight against something, you're giving it your vote. Right. You're supporting it, whether you say, I don't want that or not. So fighting against things is not a good thing.
2: So let's all start allowing, and the best way for 2009 is to... We'd love to have you be able to attend the Letting Go, Creating Balance conference. The dates, again, are January 29th to February 1st of 2009. And please come visit our website today at elementalsliving.com. We are going to have a wonderful time. We have some amazing people uh, joining us Um couple parents with autism, but it's only one small demographic to a lot of people who are all looking for ways in their life to create balance. And we hope that you can visit us, elementalsliving.com. Thank you for letting us be a part of your life today. Think positive thoughts. Feel the joy. See and envision the happiness that is so close to you right now that you can almost reach out and grab it. I feel blessed to have had the time to be with you today, and I think I'm doing a show again in February on uh, the Law of Attraction with another speaker. So thanks again to everyone today. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you, John. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.